Okay, this week's episode is really educational. I learned a lot myself, to be honest. We have Dr. Pete Edwards, who's a longtime practicing orthopedic surgeon, sports medicine specialist, who's in private practice in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, yes, he was born and bred in Ohio and uh, is a triple the Ohio State University alumnus. Uh, did an amazing sports fellowship with Bill Grant in Oklahoma, and then also did a foot and ankle fellowship with Mark Meyerson to make sure that he would get the Columbus Crew uh, team physician job as soon as he came out of uh, clinical practice. And that's exactly what he did and has been the team physician there for uh, over uh, 25 years or so. Uh, and just as a remarkable story, and what we really talk about, which I love, uh, is not just the fact that you know patients have knee pain, but the knee is connected to the human body. And talk about the root cause of why people have arthritis, whole person health. Are there ways that we can address and help people with their obesity, with their comorbidities, which will improve their overall health, not just their knee health. It's really a very cool episode. I learned a lot. I know you're going to like it. Hashtag follow the fro. This episode is brought to you by Prescribe Fit. Prescribe Fit extends orthopedic care beyond the office to help your patients decrease weight, reduce pain, improve mobility, and be better prepared for surgical or non-surgical treatment. It's a managed program that includes home exercises, nutrition advice, and small lifestyle changes specific to each patient's needs. By combining a mobile app, Bluetooth scale, and team of health coaches, Prescribed Fit puts ortho physicians in control of a digital healthcare solution to address musculoskeletal issues. To learn more, visit prescribedfit.com. That's www.prescribedfit.com. Prescribed Fit, an insurance covered, full service RPM solution built for ortho practices. From Medical Media, this is The Ortho Show. Hello world, Dr. Scott Sigmund, your favorite opioid sparing orthopedic surgeon here for another episode of the Ortho Show podcast, where we always bring you the best of the best in the orthopedic world. We're thrilled to have Dr. Pete Edwards on today. He's a longtime practicing orthopedic surgeon, sports medicine specialist in a private practice in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, also has been involved with the Columbus crew forever uh, as a team physician, and I believe now as a, as a part owner as well. And uh, Pete, it's just a pleasure to have you on. Well, thank you very much, Scott. It's a pleasure to be on and love listening to your show and, and your past guests like Rachel Frank and Brian Kohler are an older hero and a younger hero and good friends of mine. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be on with you. I love it. So let me tell you a funny story before we get started. So we're at OSET, the OSET meeting in Boston, right? And, and two of our uh, ortho show alums are taking an Uber over to the seaport to go have some, uh, have some dinner. And it was that week's episode, I believe, was Brian Cole's episode. And the Uber driver just leans over in the back and says to my two friends, hey, you know, are you guys at that orthopedic meeting? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, well, do you know Dr. Scott Sigmund? Because I really love his ortho show podcast. Is it OK if we play one of his episodes? So it goes to show, I guess, that we're spreading out to the real world as well. That's just, awesome. Yeah, just a great, great story. So so as best as I can tell, it looks like you were born and bred in Ohio. Is that true? Yeah, born in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, trained in uh, Baltimore with Mark Meyerson, and uh, out in L.A. 
uh, a little bit with Jacqueline Perry. And then my, my sports fellowship was with Bill Grana at the O'Donoghue Sports Fellowship in Oklahoma City. So uh, uh, never can stop talking about Bill Grana and what a great influence he was on sports medicine. And, and I learned so much from him. I'm just proud to, to be one of his students. Yeah, no, what a great legend in sports medicine orthopedics for sure. Now, wait a second here, Pete. We got just let's back up the footage here for a second. I mean, you skipped right over your time at the Ohio State University. <laughs> you don't want to say anything about that? Yeah, I'm I'm a, a proud Buckeye alum. I, I got uh, uh, my undergraduate degree um, and a master's in public health at Ohio State, and then went on and did med school there. So. I'm a triple triple Buckeye and uh, proud proud to cheer on the team and and uh, see see where we go this year because I think we got a pretty good football team this year. Yeah, you guys just whooped up on my 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 son Caleb who's at Wisconsin, so he's a sophomore at Wisconsin. It was it was close between Ohio State and Wisconsin at the last second he went Wisco, but uh, not this weekend for sure. You guys own that team for sure. Yeah, that was a, that was a rough one. It was over pretty fast. So I mean, I'm a little disappointed. I don't see any Ohio State paraphernalia back there behind you. I'm like looking at all the stuff you got back there. I got nothing. Come on, what's going on here, Pete? It's it's soccer. It's black and gold. So uh, <laughs> so I've I've spent my whole career taking care of soccer players, and and uh, so I'm uh, I'm black and gold through and through. No, I love it. All right, so. All right, so let's go just back it up a little bit because we have a little bit of crossover with Mark Meyerson at the at Union Memorial Hospital. I grew up, grew up uh, in Baltimore and spent some time at University of Maryland Medical School. Why did you decide to do both the sports medicine fellowship and a foot and ankle fellowship? Obviously, they were premier at the time, but even foot and ankle back then, when you were doing it, was in its infancy. They barely even had any fellowship. Yeah, so when I was training with with uh, um, Bill Grana and Mark Pascal in Oklahoma City. You know, it became apparent to me that people identified with their orthopedic surgeon based on what team they took care of. And and I knew I wanted to be a sports guy, but I also knew that soccer was probably coming to Columbus. And if I wanted to be uh, in charge of soccer in Columbus, I better be able to take care of everything below the waist for all these soccer players. So uh, I went and spent six months with Mark in Baltimore and uh, did that after I did my foot, uh, my sports fellowship out in Oklahoma City. So I just wanted to make sure that I was kind of double fellowship trained um, so that anything that came in the door for me, lower extremity soccer wise, I, I was ready to take care of it. So when did you get the, when did you get the gig for the crew? I mean, it was pretty much right, right away. You landed back in, in Columbus. Was that already arranged that you were going to be able to get that job? So, so I started in practice in 93 and I was involved in the, the very first player evaluation combine before MLS was really even officially born. So um, I kind of uh, had my foot in the door so that when Columbus was announced as a team, they said, we don't know who's going to be the coach or the GM, but there's this yeah. guy in Columbus who's bugging us for three years to be the doctor. So maybe I he should it. be the doctor. I so, love it. It's uh, awesome. Yeah, and I've been doing soccer for 30 years since then. So, you know, to our younger orthopedic surgeon listeners out there, you know, you got to hoof it a little bit to be able to really make a name for yourself. I'll tell you a funny story. I haven't even shared that on the show yet, but. The same was for me. I was a lacrosse player at Tufts and Major League Lacrosse was coming to Boston, which is the outdoor professional lacrosse league, which is uh, really not really in business anymore. But, uh, you know, it was like the first thing I did was call the commissioner and said, look, I'm here. You're going to be playing right next to me. 
I'd like to be able to te- be the team physician and they accepted me. So, you know, for sure. So we've got a lot of, you know, shared, you know, people we, we've already talked about, you know, Rachel Frank and Brian Cole, but one of our other dear friends on the ortho show and a close friend of mine is Bert Mandelbaum, who, you know, uh, along with yourself, you know, those are the people that you think of for soccer in the United States. And I'm sure you have a strong relationship with Bert. He and I are really close friends. And uh, when I I think about people in orthopedics that think about how to fix knees um, and who um, who is my kindred brother from a different mother? I think about Bert because we've had the same philosophy and, and take care of patients very similarly. And we, we just met through soccer and he said, well, how would you take care of this? And I said, I'd do this. And he, I'd say, wait, that's how I do it. And he'd say, well, what do you do with this? And I'd say, well, I do this. And he'd go, well, that's how I take care of it. So we really hit it off from year one back in 96 and MLS. And we've had really a great relationship, um, ever since. So, uh, um, and I've been involved with U.S. soccer. Obviously, Bert is the man in soccer in the United States. And uh, I'm thrilled to uh, be friends with him and been able to help with USA soccer uh, since uh, on and off since 96. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And that's, you know, working on that side of things, it's a give back. It's all voluntary. And, uh, you know, it's got to be a passion, a labor of love, you know, for sure. So, you know, that's awesome that you've been a part of that. You know, so, you know, so Pete, I, I love it. I mean, we're contemporaries, right? Uh, we've been in practice for like 25, 30 years. And one of the things that we sort of got focused on and all orthopedists do is that we take care of these individual small issues within a person's life, knee pain, shoulder pain. But we oftentimes forget that the knee is connected to the body and there's all of these other things that, that go along. And I think your master's in public health uh, and preventative medicine in particular, I think you have a passion for this. So I really wanted to sort of get your philosophy on, on sort of the idea of sort of root cause medicine, whole person health, the holistic side of things as to how you're treating patients that have orthopedic conditions that also have significant other medical issues. You know, it's really interesting. Um, you hit the nail on the head. Um, my background, uh, background about prevention um, drove me to, to ACL prevention clinics. And we've had um, close to 30,000 kids go through ACL prevention clinics that we've led. Um, but prevention is more than just preventing sports injuries. It's, it's, it really is looking at the whole patient and trying to figure out how that impacts um, their knees because I only fix ACLs and do knee scopes and patellar tendons and whatever knee dislocations. That's all I do. Don't do any replacements, but I have a large population of obese people and you look at them and you say, oh my gosh, your knee hurts. You can't exercise, you gain weight. And it kind of like, I always equate where we are now with uh, kind of like osteoporosis 30 years ago. We get a bone density on somebody and we go, you have osteoporosis. Sorry for your luck. Don't fall down. We can't treat it. And now with, with biphosphonates and the bone building forteo type drugs, we really have treatment and, and the whole treatment paradigm has changed. And I think we're at the crossroads of that for obesity too. So when I try to prevent someone who's 45 from getting a total, I say, look, you need to think about visco supplementation, maybe PRP, maybe not. You need to maybe do a valgus wedge in your shoe to help your alignment a little bit because you've got a varus knee. You probably need to get your muscles a little stronger. If CBD works for you, can we throw everything at it? Try CBD cream if that works for you, do that. And then the last thing I say is, but hey, you probably need to lose a little weight. And in the past, we had no solution for them. And, and uh, now there's um, remote physiologic monitoring companies um, that are out there, like the one that we use called Prescribed Fit. And the idea being, 
I don't have time to discuss obesity management nor the knowledge when I'm, I'm you know, doing 10 ACLs in a week this week, which is a great week for me, but come on, I can't talk to them about how to lose weight. So what we, we say, there's a solution for you now and it's prescribable and it's part of our practice. Um, and we tell people, hey, if you're interested in trying to lose weight, now we have a solution for you. And we refer them and we have a group that's part of our practice um, that will help them figure out how to lose weight. And it's been super successful. People love it. Um, I have one a husband and wife that are doing it together that have lost 100 pounds in five months, morbidly obese. They both lost close to 60 pounds, which is way too much. This is incremental behavior change. This is something we don't want to do quickly. And, and it's wonderful to be able to help people have a solution um, that, that um, really helps them get through life better. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I mean, weight loss is one of the top recommendations of the American Academy where the big surgery is sort of our governing body. And if you think about obesity, you know, not only does it, you know, help to create orthopedic conditions, whether it be the knee, hip, foot and ankle, et cetera, but it also contributes to complications after surgery. Sure. Right. I mean, obesity and all of the comorbidities that go associated with that elevated A1C and diabetes and all of these things can contribute to, you know, wound healing issues and for infections and, you know, complications after surgery. So we have an obligation to want to do that. But if you're seeing 60 patients in a day, you know, and, you know, they're there for an orthopedic condition, you need help, right? You need resources because you can't figure out exactly everything you can do to help them with their weight loss. So, so walk me through this a little bit more um, as to, to how this resource that you're using really helps patients, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Is there a team? You mentioned there's some remote patient monitoring, but give us the details of this so that our listeners can identify if this is something that they want to attach to their, their, their office program as well. The way I look at it is, is I, I tell a patient, you know, you're here for your knee, but I really care about all of you and all of you affect your knee. And, and, but I don't have the level of expertise to help you do it. But luckily we have a, a team that provides a win, 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 win. The patient wins because what they care about is their pain. And if they lose weight, their pain goes down. But they also win a second time when their A1C goes down and their non-alcoholic fatty liver disease gets better, which they don't know about because they can't feel it, but they're motivated because they're sore. The, The physician in the practice wins because we can offload work. We can introduce them to a team that has it's a virtual program. Nobody has to go anywhere. They have, they have practices all over the country that they support. And the, the team is a health coach. It's a, a proprietary app that the patient gets, uh, gets reminder texts and gets um, all kinds of suggestions on the app every day. And then they get a digital scale that talks to their cell phone. Their cell phone sends their weight in every day. And uh, then they get this weekly call from their health coach who becomes their friend and their mentor and really is the personal side, which is so important to help these people develop an individual personalized product that can help them lose weight. And then the last group that wins. So the patient wins with pain, the patient wins with being healthier, the physician practice wins because they're providing a service that they don't have time for. And they also get paid to help provide that service. So it is a revenue stream and an ancillary stream. And the insurance company in the country win because ultimately people are getting healthier and they're spending less on their medical care. So the beauty for me is, is that I can just plug them into a system where a team can help them attack probably the hardest of the, all their problems, which is losing weight. 
Yeah, which we all want to do, right? We all want to help. And, you know, at the end of the day, the Visco shot that we may give that provides them some temporary knee pain relief is not going to be nearly as important as, you know, the three to four pounds of force across their knee joint with every pound uh, that's present. So every pound that they lose, there's less force across the joint. And hopefully we prevent them from, you know, getting to a point of bone on bone arthritis later in life. But, you know, so, so the devil's advocate here is, look, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I don't have enough time in my day. Go to your primary care doctor, figure out how to lose weight. I'm going to just fix your knee. And then I think one of the things that you said, which I think we should talk about in detail because I'm a little confused on the reimbursement side. So there is a modality, there's a pathway that physician groups can be compensated for taking the time to help out with their patients outside of just their knee problem with these comorbidities. So walk us through that because that's something new to me. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing. So um, the practice is actually the billing entity for these services, and we sub basically subcontract out to prescribe fit. Um, and uh, they help you with coding. They help you with everything that you need to do. So kind of, I kind of view it as an ancillary to my practice. So and and I don't take this opportunity lightly. I spend time telling patients why they need to lose weight. If they want to do the program, fine. If they want to do their on their own, if they want to do Jenny Craig, all those things work. But really what we're looking at is for people to take responsibility that, that they need to be healthier and lose weight. So the, the codes that, that um, it, it's really a turnkey situation. If prescribed fit, when they came into our practice, they said, we will walk you through the codes to bill for. You have to do the monitoring yourself. And we click through and we monitor the patients, my PA, Um, We'll go through and monitor these patients and look at their weight charts every month. And um, through the health coach code, through the app and through the the scale and through the monitoring of their weight, there are codes that that actually provide a substantial revenue source um, for the practice and you're making the patient better. So I ethically had to be comfortable that that we were making these people better by making them healthier and helping them lose weight. Once that happens, if there's an opportunity for us to to be reimbursed for those services, then that's great too. Everybody wins. Yeah, no, I mean it's interesting, and I think that so there must be like a dashboard that your PA can sit there and monitor for all of the patients that have been enrolled in the process, and then you're actively participating in the medical care, you know, for those patients as well. I mean, I think of the person that comes to mind right now as I'm thinking about this is Michael Suck uh, out, out of Geisinger in Pennsylvania, who now has the chutzpah to develop a knee uh, um, a knee plan where he's going to guarantee a bundled payment process for knee pain, and he's going to guarantee it, right? So there's no way to guarantee it unless, you know, patients are getting good nutrition. Patients are getting help with obesity and comorbidities, lifestyle changes. All of these things have to be incorporated. So it's like an onion, right? The knee is there, but all those little layers on top of it that need to be addressed to have successful outcomes. Oh, it's huge. So in, in, you know, in some states like New York, um, they are requiring, if your patient's BMI is over a certain BMI, I think in New York, it might be 40, might be 30, that they won't even, the insurance company won't let you schedule an arthroplasty without a referral to someone who can help them with their weight. So the root cause part of this is huge. And, and for me, I don't see any Medicare. Uh, So and Medicare covers this program, but I don't see any Medicare patients. So I'm dealing with young people that we're trying to postpone arthroplasty. 
And when they're sore and they don't want to have a joint, you tell them, look, here's the laundry list of things you can do. And the last one is always, you can lose weight. So if I can help them be more healthy, you're right. They're going to have less complications at surgery. If their knee's not obese, their incision will be smaller. They'll have better chance getting their motion back if they don't have subcutaneous tissue in the back of their knee blocking, you know, above 110 degrees of flexion. There's a lot of benefits to, to these guys being healthier when they come to surgery. And, and if you've got a 45-year-old that's at end-stage arthritis and they're getting their joint done, well, how are you going to make their joint last longer? You're going to tell them not to be a marathon runner, but you're also going to tell them lose those two suitcases that you're carrying around your middle and your joint might last 25 years instead of 15. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, it makes a lot of sense that Medicare wants to take care of this because they're into the whole population medicine. There's only so much money around uh, trying to sort of, you know, get people as healthy as they can to maybe even avoid the 27447 code, which is the code for a total knee replacement, which is a budget buster for CMS. But how about commercial payers? Are commercial payers excited about this type of an orthopedic obesity plan? Every uh, commercial orthopedic payer in Ohio covers this plan. Interesting. Um, so I, I think really that, that these guys are just a little ahead of the curve. I think five years from now, there may be 20 of these companies uh, because it makes good sense in medicine, right? And when you can align a Senate incentives and have a program where everybody is going to say, well, wait, why is it not good to lose weight and be healthier? Uh, then if you have a program that's set up that's orthopedic only, the prescribed fit program is only for orthopedic patients, then you've got the most motivated patient group because they're hurting that are willing to do. You kind of bake in the success of the program. Average weight loss from from my experience in the last uh, uh, 100 patients that I've enrolled is they lose 6% of body weight in four months which is the right level. You don't want people to lose a ton of weight real fast. Like my married couple that's lost so much weight, they were huge. They were 370 pounds. They, it was easier for them to drop 50, 60 pounds a piece. But the average patient loses a little bit more than a pound a week, which yeah, is so maintainable. That's maintainable. It's a lifestyle change. It's not just a weight loss program. It's a way of changing you know, how you decide to live your life. Uh, no, I think that that, uh, that that truly makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting. This is very timely for me. Because I'm, I just got my assigned talks for Zeb Kane's orthopedic value-based care course, which is going to be in Vegas in December. A little plug for you, Zeb. You're welcome. Uh, so one of the things that I've been assigned is remote patient monitoring, specifically, you know, physical therapy. You know, is that something that is, is it a good thing? Should we continue going or is it a gimmick? And I think if you start, if you start layering on the physical therapy side of this, with range of motion exercise movement, and then a nutritional obesity program on top of it as well, then you're really cooking with gas. And at the end of the day, you know, we're all walking around with supercomputers. Even our elderly patients at this point are, are pretty savvy with uh, with how they use their, their remote uh, monitoring devices as well. So yeah, I mean, I think this is, this sounds really kind of cool. And I got to tell you, I'm going to I'm going to go talk to my nurse practitioner who's going to yell at me because I'm giving her another assignment, but that's okay. If it's the right thing to do for, for our patients, it's great. So look, you know, Pete, we're, we're coming sort of to a close here. I mean, just give us a quick summary about, you know, how you, how you really feel that this obesity issue within orthopedics is really going to help solve problems for our patients long-term. Well, I'll tell you, as an, as an ACL surgeon, um, I, I got a kid that I'm doing tomorrow who's, six foot, 285, 17 years old, plays offensive lineman. He's an athlete, but he's a thick kid. 
and I'm looking at him with a big bone bruise and a lateral meniscus tear. And everybody hates lateral meniscus tears because long-term that is not a good thing for your knee. And I'm thinking, how am I going to help this kid when he finishes playing college football, not be arthritic at 35. And, and one of the things is, is we got to help him figure out how, when he's done and he doesn't want to be 285 anymore, how can, how can he be thinner? And, and uh, you know, with my background and, and, uh, my, my practice of wanting to keep people active for as long as they can before they get their arthroplasty, weight reduction is a central component to what we do. And if they can also be, be, get their diabetes under control or not become diabetic, hey, let's, let's really do root cause medicine where, where you get the, the kid's BMI down to below 30 and maybe he never is a type 2 diabetic. Or, or, you know, uh, there's a tremendous problem that's just being noticed now in the U.S. with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. It's a real problem, and it is diet modifiable, if not diet preventable. So if it's almost more important than our day jobs, right? If we can make people more healthy and extend their lives, and we're just fixing needs. So it would be so cool to fix your knee and change your life. And uh, if we can do that, then I think we all should be pretty happy with ourselves. No, Pete, I mean, I absolutely love your holistic, you know, thought process on medicine. You are clearly not thinking like the typical orthopedic surgeon sports medicine. So we commend you for that. Love the, the root cause idea of medicine, the whole person health philosophy, all of these things, I think really can make a true difference in patients' lives beyond just their primary chief complaint of knee pain. So look, Pete, it's been a pleasure having you on. You know, we're thrilled to be able to bring remarkable individuals with great stories, great ideas, and amazing uh, influence. And it's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks a ton. I've enjoyed being on as well. Go Wisconsin now that we're done playing you. <laughs> Pete, you are now officially an Ortho Show alum. It's been a pleasure having you on. This is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Until next time.